Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Zoe Church, Los Angeles. We're going to be jumping into Galatians chapter 3. We're studying together a series called Transformed by Grace. And I'm very excited to jump into this week's message. And I want to thank every person that gives faithfully to and through our church. If you'd like to begin your worship in that way, text Zoe to 77977 or you can go to our website and give there. Give there. Let's jump into this week's message called I Need Answers. Galatians chapter 3, go to verse number 1. Galatians 3 verse 1. We have been studying together a book of the Bible. And uh, every once in a while together as a church, we study a book in the scriptures. And I want to encourage you to go to our website. We've got all kinds of content and resources and background and context for us to study this book, the book of Galatians. We are not in the Old Testament. We are in the New Testament. And to kind of delineate between old and new, this is after Jesus has come in the New Testament. The Old Testament really is defined by the law. The New Testament is defined by Christ. And so really as we study this New Testament book, you must understand that we are now under the canopy, under the regime of grace. In fact, the subtitle of this study is called Transformed by Grace. See, I don't think that you're changed by trying harder. I think that you are changed by believing better. And right believing leads to right living. And so in the New Testament, the, the emphasis on is, is on believing in Christ, believing in Jesus, faith in Jesus. And the more I put my trust in Jesus and my confidence in Jesus, I know that then I will live really, really well. And so we're studying this book. Um, if you missed the last couple of weeks, go back and uh, you can get refreshed on our podcast or YouTube. But really Galatians is written to kind of modern day Turkey. And Paul the Apostle is writing to this church area that he planted. And it once was a Jesus-centered, Jesus-focused community. Anybody thankful today that that's Zoe? We're a Jesus-centered, Jesus-focused community. Come on, clap if you're grateful for a church that's all about Jesus. In Spanish, we say, hey, Sue. So at one time, they were all about Jesus, but... Some religious people came in once Paul left and said, you don't just need Jesus, man. you got to also have the law. And so the law in that day was emphasis not on just the rules and the regulations, but also on the hot topic that day was circumcision and unclean food. And so they were like, yeah, you need Jesus, but you need to also, you know, be so strict and so religious. And you got to obey the law and you got to do this, you got to do that. And, and word comes to Paul about this. And so he writes a letter to the Galatians who have stopped following Jesus only, but they've added to their grace works. So they are grace plus works. I want to remind you today, it's never about what you do. It's always about what he's done. So it's not grace and works, it's grace. It's Jesus always only. So he's after these guys. He's like, what are y'all doing? In fact, watch here what he says in chapter 3, how he starts. I like this. He says, oh, foolish Galatians. You know you're in trouble when the Bible calls you a fool. 
Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question, Galatians. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message that you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfected by your own human effort? He's saying, did you get salvation through Jesus or yourself? Did God give you the Holy Spirit because of how hard you work or because of how good he is? I want to preach a message today right down the title. It's called, I Need Answers. I need some answers. In fact, some of us, we ought to be looking at our lives that way like, I need some answers. Why am I not doing what God called me to do? Why am I not further along than I'm supposed to be? What, what's going I need some answers in my life. Or as they say in culture, I need you to spill the tea. I need to know, you know, my, I caught my wife. I came home this week, and she was listening to a podcast called Higher Ground or New, New Heights. She was trying to find out this certain football player who was kind of dating this singer, and she was trying to find out all the tea was going on. And she was trying to tell me that this girl made this man famous. I said, that's a lie from the pit of hell. My wife is listening to a podcast she never heard of three days before, trying to find out all the details and get all the answers about what's going on. I need some answers. I need some answers. Who, who fooled you? Who told you that it's about works and not grace? Or who mixed with your faith that it's about what Jesus did plus what you do? Who convinced you that if you work really hard, God's going to be really good? My man's, my man's watching the NFL football game while I preach. And I'm not trying to put you on blast mode because you did it yourself, son. Just, just stand up. Let everybody see who you're cheering for. Because since we're listening to your football game, just stand up. How are you going to wear a Saints jersey and act like the devil in church, homie? My man had his volume all the way up. I'm kidding with you, but who's winning? My God, you sound like you're hooked up to a Bluetooth. My God. I need answers. Don't get mad at me, homie. He said, <laughs> I love church, man. It's live. It's happening in real time. During the fourth quarter, it's happening. Turn your volume down. <laughs> he said, tell me, <laughs> it's going to be hard for me to recover because you can't, you would think we staged that. <laughs> hey, homie, wear a jersey, sit in the second service, turn your volume all the way up. I need answers. He is asking these, these Galatians, man, who got to you? And who flipped you up? Because you were once so good, like it was you and Jesus. He's, he's your salvation. He gave you his spirit. You're being sanctified. 
All of this is a mighty work from God. It's the gift of God. Who made you go back to that old law? Who got to you? There's some things, when I say the law, I need you to understand what the law was and why God gave it. Let me just put up on the screen four things about the law. Number one, the law was intended to reveal sin, but not to secure righteousness. It was a temporary introduction to convince people of their need for justification and of their inability to save themselves. Look at this. The law, number two, is inferior to the promise. What's the promise? God promised in the first book of the Bible, God promised a man named Abraham. He said, Abraham, through you, through your seed, all of the descendants of the earth, all the nations will be blessed. He was talking about Jesus in the first book of the Bible, the promise. God gave the law to keep us guarded until the promise was fulfilled. The law is inferior to the promise, which came directly from God to Abraham. The law having come through angels and Moses in contrast. The law is not contrary to the promise, rather it's complementary. The law demanded righteousness, but was powerless to provide it. So it demanded you live right, and you do these things, and you act this way, but it never gave you the ability to walk in that truth. The difference between the law and the spirit, the law kills, but Jesus gives life. The law directed us to Christ. It restricted us until faith in Christ brought us into the freedom we have received as sons and daughters and our rightful heritage. So all of this, the law was a safeguard. The law was a guardian. The law taught us how bad we are. The law taught us our sin, but never gave us the power to walk in the freedom that Jesus gave us. So I need you to understand this is the power of grace. Grace works in you. The law works on you. Grace is an inside-out job. Grace is working in you so you can become who you're supposed to become. I'm going to give you a few things to write down today. Write down number one. This is so important. It's foolish to, make, to take matters into your own hands. Watch what he says in verse 3. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? It's like a lot of us, we get saved and Jesus saves us and we're like, man, this is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, but like, I've, I've, I've got to contribute and I, I've, I've, got to, I've got to work hard. Some of us are, are, because we have so much trust issues, we don't even like trusting God for our salvation. We want to also be a part. Some of us don't like God's blessing just given to us Then we want our own human efforts. Some people want to be a self-made man. Some people want self-made salvation. Because to trust in God is difficult. I've said it a thousand times at Zoe. Let me say it again today. The work of a believer is receiving. The hardest thing you will ever do as a Christian is sit down and receive. Because you don't believe you're good enough to be loved. You don't believe you're good enough to be righteous. You don't believe you're good enough to be blessed. So if I work hard and I contribute and I try my best, then I can earn his love. No, it's undeserved blessing and it's unmerited favor and it's all the gift of Jesus. He said, who got to you taking matters back 
into your own hands. I'm not just going to receive God's love and God's blessing and God's goodness. I'm going to work. A lot of us, because we've been trained by the law, we think God is tick for tack. We think God is, if you do this for him, he'll do this for you. And so if I pray, he'll bless me. If I, if I, if I give, he'll bless me. No, no, we don't, we don't go for, we go from. And he says, you're trying to, to take matters back into your own hands. You're trying so hard with human effort. You, 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 no, it's all, the first thing God does before he asks you to, to run your race or to walk in faith or, or to fight the good fight, the first thing God asks you to do is sit. You've been seated in heavenly places. And so just sit down and let me, let me work out your salvation. Let me give you my spirit. Let me, let me bless you beyond your natural understanding. It's, it's not by power and it's not by might. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And, and, and you're, trying, you're trying your best in your human effort to, to, to measure up or to match. Like you ever, you ever go to dinner with somebody and, and, and they pull out their card to pay for the bill and, and you fake like you're going to contribute. You're like, oh, no, please stop. No, Ted, stop. You can't, no. But in the back of your head, you're like, yes. Thank you, Jesus. And you're kind of like, if I would have known, I would have ordered different. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, ne next time, just when we sit down, like, I got this one. Uh, phew. We're getting desert. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You going back to the law is kind of you trying to contribute to the cross. It's not, you know, Jesus, your blood and your life and your sacrifice is not enough. I got to do my part. Because if I do my part, I'm going to feel really good about myself. So when you bless me, I'll go, oh, yeah, it's God, but also me, right? Yeah, yeah, God's so good, but, like, did you see me too? Because, like, I scored a touchdown, and I'm really holy, and I went to church four weeks in a row. And so God's doing this stuff because I've kind of been under the, he says, no, it is all about God. This is God's plan. This is God's design. The grace of Jesus. In fact, look at this, uh, write down number two today. It, 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 God was so looking forward to the faith day. He was so excited about this faith day. He says in verse 8, what's more, the scripture, look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said all the nations will be blessed through you. God was so looking forward to the faith day when it's all about faith. It's not about works. It's not about the law. It's only about trusting in Jesus, believing in Jesus, and having confidence in Jesus. God could not wait for this day. He said it in Genesis, and it took years and years and years, and all kinds of prophecies, and all kinds of wandering, and even the, the tutelage of the law for us to get to the faith day. God was looking forward to this day. You ever have a day that you mark on your calendar? You're like, oh, I can't wait to get to this day. I can't wait to go to this birthday party. can't wait to go on this trip. I can't wait to go see my family. I can't wait to, for Thanksgiving. I can't wait. God could not wait for the faith day. He was so looking forward to this day. That's why John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son, that if anybody believes in him, they shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. 
And so God couldn't wait for the day when it was no longer about works and duty and the law and activity and trying hard and being better and making about you and human efforts. It was just about, I believe in Jesus, so I'm good. He could not wait. This is called the kindness of God. The law does not make you want to repent. Grace makes you want to repent. The law only points out how, this is the difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation makes you feel awful about yourself and drives you away from God. Conviction makes you believe how great Jesus is and draws you closer to Jesus. The law kills, but the Spirit gives life. Romans 2.4, one of the best scriptures in all of the Bible. Watch what Paul says. He says, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? God's kindness, God's grace, the cross, the blood, the person of Jesus, the gift of salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit, all of his goodness is what causes me to repent. It's not the rules. It's not the regulations. It's not how bad I am. It's how good he is. God couldn't wait for the faith day because he knew if faith would come, if Jesus would come, then he could literally fulfill all the law and the prophets and he could make us blessed. In fact, write down point number three today. I love this. Christ became a curse so we could become blessed. Christ became a curse so that you and I could become blessed. Anybody today, you woke up feeling blessed. Let me just see your hand if you woke up feeling blessed today. So wake up feeling like. Blessed. Just feeling blessed. Man, am I blessed. Blessed is not cars and money. Blessed is not bank accounts. You need a new working definition of blessed. Blessed is to make one happy. Blessed is mean, it means you're moving forward. I'm not stuck in that chain. I'm not stuck in that addiction. I'm not stuck in that thinking pattern. I'm not stuck in bitterness. I'm moving forward in life. I'm blessed. And the Bible says when you're in grace, you get undeserved blessing and unmerited favor. So you can't even look at your blessing and be like, yeah, I'm blessed because you know I did this and I did that and I did the other, so surely God would want to bless me. No, you get blessing because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and when God looks at you, he's no longer mad at you because when God looks at you, all he can see is his son. The Bible literally says your life has been hidden in Christ. God, when he looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees Jesus. He sees the perfect sacrifice. So you are righteous by the blood and the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior. Give him a praise if you're grateful for what Jesus did on the cross. Oh, look at this. Look at what he says. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole, or other translations say tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. 
You see the emphasis on your faith? It's all about your belief in Jesus. So Christ became a curse. He became a curse so that you could be blessed. And you're not kind of blessed a little bit. You ought to wake up every morning and be like, man, I know I don't feel like it right now, but let me remind myself I am blessed. I worked at a church for about six years in El Monte on the east side of Los Angeles from 1998 to 2004. And shout out to El Monte, shout out to what I think the greatest taco place in L.A., King Taco. <laughs> you know, place is worth the drive. And when I, was, when I was working at this church, I used to, in the courtyard every Sunday, um, I'd go by this old gentleman. And I like old people because they have planned responses. Like they just, like just some bullets, right? Just, just, they're planned. And so I'd ask this guy every Sunday, how you doing? And he'd say, blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And I was like, I just want to say it one time. That's such a bar, blessed and highly favored. And he'd say it every time. Then he hit me with this other one. I start laughing and he'd go, live in America, going to heaven. You're such an animal. This most savage one. I want to say that one day, live in America, going to heaven. I like that old generation kind of put a, an emphasis that I'm blessed and highly favored. Maybe, maybe some of your problem is the fact that you think like, I haven't earned anything and I haven't worked hard enough and I sinned last week and I've been really disrespectful and I, I'm not doing that good right now and so I can't be blessed. You just put all the emphasis on human effort and Jesus came to put all the emphasis on faith. But you know, this week I'm going to try harder. And I'm gonna, every, every Monday, Julie and I start a new diet every Monday. <laughs> Monday morning, she's like, we're eating clean. And I'm always like, okay. <laughs> I'll see you at 8 p.m. <laughs> we, we, someone's thinking, I'm going to save myself. I'm going I'm to do it this week. I'm going to pray, I'm going to memorize a verse, and I'm going to like listen to Zion, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy the hoodie and the hat, and I'm going to be a Jesus guy. No, you're not. I'll see you at 8 p.m. You're a sinner in need of a Savior. And if you keep putting all the emphasis on you, you're going to keep struggling. If you really want to overcome, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. So I'm blessed today. How about you? I'm happy today. How about you? I'm moving forward today. How about you? And it's not by what I've done. It's what he's done. And I get my eyes on Jesus, and it makes me happy. I might be a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. I might not be perfect, but I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I might not be who I want to be, but by the power of Jesus, I'm not where I used to be. Come on, give them a praise together if you're grateful for the work of the Spirit in your life. You're blessed. And don't let the law keep teaching you that you're not. 
You're blessed because of the finished work of the cross. You're blessed because he went and he died on a cross, a brutal death, and all the sins of the world came upon Jesus, and he became a curse, and he died for three days. But after three days, hell couldn't keep him down, and death couldn't defeat him. He rose from the grave. Watch what it said. Watch what Isaiah the prophet said. He says, surely he took up our pain and surely he bore our suffering. Yet all of us, we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all we were like dang he's he God God's got him all of our iniquity laid upon him all of our problems laid upon him you and I we've gone astray we've gone this way and that way and the other and God said don't you worry I'm sending my son I can't wait to send him he's gonna die for your sins and you'll get salvation not by your works but by your faith and if you just believe in my son and you'll trust in my son and you'll turn to my son you'll be blessed and highly favored of the Lord Stop getting into that old thinking that, oh, man, yeah, you know, I got favor. Favor ain't fair. <laughs> wow, how did you get such favor, super Christian? <laughs> yeah, you know, haven't missed a tithe in years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> how cool to be you. The rest of us are over here struggling Stay away from sugar on a Monday. Why don't you go back to it? We go back to the law because it's comforting. We go back to the law because it's familiar. We go back to the law because we know how bad we are. We go back to the law because it's like, that's right, that's what I deserve. I'm, I'm, I'm bad, I'm, I'm not good, I'm, I fail, I make mistakes. I'm, I'm, can you get your eyes off you and your eyes on him? You're never going to save yourself living under the law. You're going to be free because of the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Jesus is not just my salvation. Jesus is simultaneously my sanctification. And God is at work in me like he's at work in you so we can become who God's called us to be. Amen to that. And so he became a curse so you could become blessed. By the way, let me just say this about tithing. I don't tithe to get blessed. I return to God what belongs to God because I am blessed. So I don't ever give and be like, yeah, just wait. It's, it's called blessings coming. By the way, I don't like all these people on the ticky-tocky thing being like, your breakthrough's coming. Really? I just think tomorrow's coming. And I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and say, Jesus is good. I already got my breakthrough. It happened on a cross. Clap if you're thankful you don't ever need another breakthrough. I, he already broke through death and defeated hell. I figure we got the greatest breakthrough the world has ever seen. Worship team, come join me right down the last one today. You need to put on your new clothes. You need to put on your new clothes. Ain't nothing better than new clothes. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. 
for all, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor, nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, to the promise, to the promise given to Abraham. You are an heir. You're an heir to the promise. So there's doesn't matter whether, listen, doesn't matter your language, doesn't matter your skin color, doesn't matter your socioeconomic background, doesn't matter your political party, doesn't matter whether you grew up in Alabama or in the valley, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. For all of us are one in Christ. All that matters is do you believe in Jesus? You're good. Do you believe in Jesus? You're saved. Do you believe in Jesus? You have the Spirit. Do you believe in Jesus? You're going to heaven. Do you believe? And he says, because you have believed, now put on Christ. The Bible is so clear, it tells me what to take off and what to put on. Put off your youthful lusts. Put off the old man. Put off that bitterness. Get off of you. Let's just use another reference. Shake it off. At least, at least. Take that off. Put on Jesus. Put on, put on this new creation. Put it on, put it on. Ain't nothing like new clothes, man. If I gave you a $1,000 gift card today and said you could go shopping, what would you buy? Get you some new shoes, some new, new pants, get, get a jacket, get a shirt. You know, maybe, maybe spend it on some sunglasses. I like new sunglasses. Anybody else? I get new sunglasses. I know I got them at least two months, two months. And I like new, new, new clothes. He says, put on this new identity that you found in Christ. You're new. Out with the old and in with the new. Put it on. Put on the mind of Christ. Put on the heart of God. It says, actually, take off the spirit of heaviness and put on a garment of praise. He's like, guys, I need some answers. This doesn't make sense. You were doing so good. You ever known a friend to be doing so good for a while and they're like killing it and they're crushing it and all of a sudden they go slip back into bad stuff? And you're like, no, no. Why are you dating him again? He's a loser. Unless he goes to Brotherhood Breakfast and he's okay. You were doing so good. That's how Paul feels. He's like, no, why, why? You fools. You were running such a good race. Who told you to do that and the other? It's about faith. It's about God. It's about grace. It's about who he is. It's about what he does. It's not about power. It's not about might. It's not about me. It's all about him. And I promise you this week, I promise you in your world, if you'll make it all about Jesus and you put the emphasis on the mighty work of Jesus, you're going to experience more joy. You're going to experience more freedom. You're going to experience more confidence. You're going to experience more identity. You're going to experience more courage because you're going to walk in the freedom that is found in Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let's read one more scripture together. Just one more verse. I love this scripture right here. Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh 
to fulfill its lust, but put on the Lord Jesus. I'm not going to put on the weight and the yoke of the law. I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to put on his truths, put on his promises. You don't need a thousand dollar spending spree today to go buy some shirts and hats and hoodies. No, you need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to put on the new creation. You need to put on the new identity that's found through the perfect Lamb of God. Amen to that? Come on, clap if you're thankful for what Jesus did. He did for us what we can never do for ourselves. Come on, let's pray today, Zoe. We thank you, Jesus, for your power and your might. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you're a graceful God. You're gracious and compassionate. God, we're asking on a day like today, open up our eyes so we can see you. Open up our ears so we can hear you. We want to know you. We want to follow you. We want to serve you. If that's your prayer today, lift a hand to heaven. Lord, I want to follow you. Don't let me go back to the law. Don't let me go back to who I used to be. It's not my earning. It's not my deserving. It's not my works. It's grace, Jesus. So I'll follow you and I'll serve you. Come on, Zoe. If you believe it today, come on, let's worship God.